Islam live. You. Are now. About to witness. The awesome. A crushing a might of the U G S Robinson Show show that seemingly apparently never ends. I am your host, Eugene S. Robinson, as I've said, and this is the one oh one we go to one oh one oh one oh one oh song by the mob. Black Mark, which one? This one? That Black Mark? Just like this black mark, yes or no, or this one. You ever turtle up in jujitsu? Your forehead straight along the mat. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. Anyway, this is 101. I'm your host, Eugene Robinson. We're going to talk about all and sundry after Bob Riley sings us in as he has since 2007. The song is called Intro All of Nothing. The band is Stigmata. The record is Calling of the Just. Still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, where they hit your car with a hammer when they're not kicking the death in the nightclub. Go and buy it. But I could not see so clear, but I'm taking a real good look at you. Real good look at your face. Being paid back in full, always nothing. Ah, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for the show. Let's turn the music down. Uh, welcome. We are at 101-101. It's a New York band called... <laughs> No, I gotta get the little circle thing. Um, I've trained and I haven't showered since training, so this is my Eastern European gangster look. Uh, mostly because my washing machine is broken, and so now I have to use the laundromat next to Sorrells or Hermit Crabbit. Anybody who can go, I can go over to my kid's house and do the laundry there, and it's just uh, they said, "Oh, warranty! You got the gold level warranty." on your washing machine. I go, wonderful. So we'll see you in 22 days. How's that gold level? I got stuff trapped in the washer that's going to be mildewed by them. Oh, well, I guess you just have to file a claim. Or you can call somebody else and have them fix it, pay for it, and then enter our reimbursement claim. It's like, ah, my anus starts to feel like it's been hanging around with Connor McNuggets, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> You know where I go? When I travel all around the world, inevitably I end up talking to bouncers. And this is how I found that bouncers, being a bouncer is a respected position in England. In the UK, these guys have to take tests like you would for a real estate agent or for a taxi driver in New York. You got to take these tests. Uh -huh. And uh, that's how you get licensed in the UK, which means my two, three years as a bouncer, I never would have been employed in the UK. Not because I don't know about bouncing, but because at that point, when you're licensed, you have a moral turpitude clause. Look it up, turpitude. And uh, you have uh, not a past history of extensive, extensive in-club beatings. So I don't think I would have made it. But in any case, that's not what I'm here for. Uh, yeah, my God. Boja moy. We will get to make rapists and Diego Sanchez call up which I thought was a fake, but apparently not. It's a real thing. It happened. 
But first, let's get the commercials out of the way. P-I-N-K-O-95014 at yahoo.com. It's a PayPal address if you want to send it. This year, uh, this time of year is tax time as it is until April 15th. I'll be a little chippy since then. I used to have the world, you know that scene from uh, Breaking Bad where they say, hey, uh, we don't need a criminal attorney. We need a criminal attorney. And I, I was like, I had a, an accountant. I had a criminal accountant. I always talk about the guy. He would say great things to me like, could you say that you, uh, now needless to say, the money that you guys put in for the show, it crosses, if it goes through patreon.com, it crosses a certain threshold level where the IRS has got to be notified over the course of 2019, you know. And maybe, uh, you know, if I had my old criminal account, he would say stuff to me like, would you say you spent $10,000 last year on wardrobe? I go, what's wardrobe? He goes, things you wear for jobs that pay you money. I go, yes, you could say that. He goes, great. And then one day the guy said, you got to get a new accountant. And he literally left, left his wife, left the country. No forwarding address. I've never heard from him again. Fortunately, the guy I have now is a little bit more ethical. A little bit more ethical. Maybe a lot more ethical. So I don't know what he's going to do. But it all depends on what you tell him. Any case... Pinko95014 at yahoo.com. PayPal is probably a more sane way to get me uh, uh, funds for the show, if that's what you care to do, um, or patreon.com slash the stomper. End of commercials. So let's start in with the pogroms first, because I, I can't remember whether we talked about it last week, but I know that one of you out there has to be mathematically inclined. And I think last week I um, I told you I told you to go to the page, but I didn't tell you what my idea was. Um, he, the idea is that if you go to uh, Wiki, let, let's just do it. I, I'll I'll do it with you. This is this would be the symposium. We will go to Wiki right now. It's very easy. And we will type in, sorry for the lack of eye contact. How about that? We will type in pogroms. And um, that's all. Just that word. And it comes right up. Explains what it is. Uh, and keep in mind, there's, there's a new movement afoot to uh, people have moved beyond genocide as a term. And they now refer to democide as in demography, as in you know, deciding to kill a certain percentage of the population. And I don't know how, I'm sorry, we're going we're gonna to do Nazis first. You guys can talk about MMA if you want in the chat, but we're going to talk about Nazis first. Sorry. So, um, okay, so pogrom. And it, uh, it's a violent riot aimed at the massacre or persecution of an ethnic or religious group, uh, particularly one aimed at Jews. Um, well, yeah, so they list... Here's a list of selected list of events named pogroms. All right. And this goes back to 38 AD. There is an Alexandrian pogrom. It says name disputed. And this was Flaccus was the Egyptian prefect of Alexandria. Um, and uh, so it goes from there. The next one was in 1066. This is the Granada pogrom during which 4,000 Jews were killed. After 1066, 30 years later, in 1096, there were the Rhineland massacres. Again, victims were Jews, 2,000. So what is that? 30 years, right? Next one is uh, 1113, which makes it 417. So we go from 17, from 30, 17 years this is the Kiev pogrom. Doesn't list how many people died. Then after that, how much between 1113 and 1349, there was a Strasbourg massacre. Then, like uh, 50, 50 years, 51 years, 
and between Strasbourg and you have the massacre of 1391. Now I told you I met that that Nigerian cat who was um, who was writing a book on massacres. I did talk about that a little bit because I, I referred to the section in the fight book where I interviewed the soccer hooligans, and he said, "Yeah, you got your jujitsu, you got all your, you got all your, you know, you got all your crap, you fighters guy. Yeah, you think you're boxing, yeah." So, but nothing beats nothing beats running down the street with a hundred of your friends punching everything that moves. And so I start to go to back to Billy Bathgate, where like you know, if you had a choice between where you are, where I am, what would you choose? You're sitting on the edge of a boat with your feet in concrete, and I'm the one who's sitting here in a nice silk suit talking to you. Which would you choose? Well, a very Christian response along the lines of turning the other cheek dictates that. You know, um, they gave him the hemlock. He drank the hemlock. Why should I run away, said Socrates? Why should I do this? The state wants me dead. The state shall have their way. Realizing early, he didn't weigh more than Russia. Or in this case, you know, the ancient Greeks, right? So why resist? Yeah, if I was good enough at math, I would. Rene Girard talks about the sacrificial crisis, which... which suggests that periodically we have to have a communal collective bloodletting. You can feel it. In the modern world, in first world countries, something else has happened. I don't know what it is. And I don't know how first world, where you've got TV is too good, when the drugs are too good, the sex is too good. When you, you know, you can buy white goods like crazy, by which I mean refrigerated stoves. Where, but there's something afoot. Lisbon, again, between 1391 and then you go to 1506. 500 new Christians killed in Lisbon, Portugal. And now we're kind of getting into our time, right? So 15, and, and I wrote an article about this, this this week. I don't know if it'll be published or when it'll be published on Ozzy. Um, but let, let's talk about a, the uh, Chestahova pogrom. A mob attacked the Jewish shops, and the Russian military was called in uh, to restore order, and they were stoned by the mob. Fourteen Jews died. That's, that's a very small pogrom compared to the Russian czarist thing which hit not even a year later, 2,000 plus. None of these are shocking. It's pre-mass media, maybe. After World War II, you go, certainly they've stopped having pogroms. Oh, really? After, and this, this, the article I wrote was about James Madol, and it's coming up on Oz. He was a uh, head of the, uh, uh, the first neo-Nazi group post-World War II in America, right? despite the fact that they already knew about the Holocaust. So, okay, so you got all the wartime, all the World War II pogroms, and then the war ends, and you have uh, the Kuhn Madaris pogrom, 1946. A frenzy instigated by the crowd's libelous belief that some Jews had made sausage out of Christian children. Okay, it was a riot. Four Jews were killed. The next one was a miscollect uh, pogrom. Same year. How many Jews were killed in this mass riot? Two. Kelsey was 1946 in Poland. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that. They attacked an apartment building, killed 38 to 42 Jews. 1955 Istanbul riots. 56 Salanese riots, pogroms. Anti-Tamil, ethnic minority in Ceylon, anti-Arab po pogroms, 1966, and it just goes on and on and on, anti-Sikh pogroms. So, Rwanda, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm not quite sure how first world countries scratch that itch. But it is clear that, well, I mean, you know, was, is Russia or is what do you when you think about Russia? Do you think about Russia being a third world country or a first world country? 
I think about Russia as being a civilized first world country, but then I've been to Russia. And not just in the cities. I don't know what it is. But the fact that we haven't availed ourselves of it in the U.S. of A makes me suspicious. Yeah, okay, second world country for Russia. All right. Makes me suspicious about, about every single America's motivations and our need. You got to recognize that need. Like, like I tell you, I know when I'm tired when I start having strange ideas. Like if I kill the plumber, I don't have to pay the plumber. Now, you should know that this is born of, of faulty thinking. But the urge, it, the, the urge is, like Kierkegaard said, human, all too human. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they're first world people. But the culture, I, I don't know. I need to break down the definition of first, second, and third world. So, so you go through these programs. You add up the time between them. And I'm sure somebody, I, who do I know who's a math? I need to know somebody who's a mathematician can figure out. Just look at these, look at these numbers, number sets. And you let me know if you see any patterns emerging. I mean, because there are only like 30 numbers. It should be easy. Subtract, divide, do whatever you have to do to, to, to figure it out. But the problem, the problem with the modern world is that information travels much, much faster than it used to. And I remember Alvin Toffler wrote this book, Future Shock. And he said that uh, socially speaking, that... We, we develop faster than we were used to. And this creates this creates an anxiety that has to be somehow resolved. Like at one point, I think he talks about walking by an A&P, a supermarket that was popular in back at East. I don't even know if they still exist, A&P markets. And he says, walked by, he and his wife walked by, and suddenly A&P was gone. He's like, where's A&P? He goes, culture changes so fast around us. Buildings that weren't there before are suddenly there. Buildings that, 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 that were there for a long time, are no longer there. So, like I said, when we talked about the reduction of mass, the fact that all of the records that filled my entire place, I can now fit on a phone, to a certain degree, it creates a, you know, at this point now, it's probably vestigial, kind of anxiety. Same with buildings and things that move. And so suddenly, things are changing all around us really fast. I found out about somebody who was killed in a car accident in Michigan. How is that information going to be of value to me? And more specifically, why is that information being shared with me? Why does some copy desk at some newspaper somewhere decide that I need to know about a car accident during which one person was killed? Now, I understand it was a car accident in Los Angeles in which the actor from Equalizer 2, who played the Holocaust victim, Orson Bean, you know, uh, I, I understand that it made sense, given that he was a certain amount of celebrity, that he, at 90 years old, got hit by an 80-year-old driver in L.A., that might have a couple of different narrative tendrils that somebody at a city desk might think, this is an interesting story for people to read. But at this point now on Facebook, I, will, I, I cannot confirm or participate in, in mass miseries. I understand the reason for them. If we were close and your wife dies, rather than call all of your friends and say, my wife died, you put it up on Facebook. I get that. Or alternatively, if you have a happy event in your life, you know, you put it up on Facebook. It's a good mass mailing. If you have a cyst, if you have a zit, if you stubbed your toe, if you if you don't like the taste of pickles, if if the eggs don't agree with you, I don't need to know that. I cannot participate in your in your in your culling of miseries. That's nothing to say. There's no reality to any of that. You want to have a voice in what, you, what feels to be suddenly like a voiceless chamber because for a minute you'll have to be left alone with your own thoughts. So I got to share. I got to create a media event around this by sharing this all over. It's fine. It's fine. But therefore, where I'm going with all this is that there are forces afoot we feel we feel in our shoebox of the universe, we feel that we're really making random decisions. But if you were to stack up every decision that you've ever made from the beginning of your life to the moment in time that you're 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 hearing this. 
Every decision from that you made from the, the moment of your birth to right now, I guarantee you I could plug those numbers into a computer or somebody could, with, with uh, mathematical backing, and they could, uh, they could show me the patterns. And not only could they, could they show me the patterns that existed, but with a certain degree of accuracy, I could predict your future decisions uh, 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 was a pretty high degree of accuracy. All the shit that you do that you think is surprising, very rare, very, very little of it is actually surprising. Don't believe me? You're watching this show now. At the conclusion of this show, how many different there, how many different things between all of us who are participating in this show right now, how many different things are going to happen? A computer could easily figure that out. How many of you have your shoes on now? How many of you will have your shoes on in three hours? Correct. How many of you have your pants? You, you see where I'm going with this. We're not supremely unpredictable. So it's easy. Do you know what the Koch brothers are working on? Part of their business model is to figure out hysteresis, a word I learned last week. It refers to a mechanical lag but or, or a, a machine-based lag between, like when your thermostat, when you turn it up, it doesn't automatically go up to turn to 85. It's not automatically 85. It works up to 85. There's a lag. There's a lag. So on the one hand, Hojo Game makes $30 million from doing a podcast wherein he sits at a table and he talks into a computer for three hours. And certain at this point now, celebrities come to participate uh, wherever the show might go. 30 mil. Now that we come to tax time and I have an, an accountant who's not a criminal accountant, I have to I have to tally up how much you guys have paid to watch your show. Because I gotta pay taxes on it. For those of you listening on the radio, I just rolled my eyes. 30 mil. Now people would expect me to be angry that Ho Jogain makes $30 million. I am neither happy nor unhappy. I'm completely indifferent to the fact that he makes $30 million. But I start to think, how is that information pertinent to me? How? Oh, my God. I was going to show you guys a book. Uh, where is it? Mm, I might have to leave. Uh, well, ah, God. Let me, if there's enough time, I'll grab this book. It's super important. I, I might want you to see it. <laughs> uh, so, so on the one hand, he may or may not have made $30 million. I mean, it's around tax time. Maybe somebody died. I don't know. Or maybe I have a 50% rule. Most people don't lie by more than 50%, right? Turn right now to your buddy and ask him, Hey, hey, how many people have you fucked? Nobody's going to go 3,000, okay, unless their number is 1,500. No, but in general, the majority of people don't lie. Ah, man, I just came out there. What do you mean by it? How many out? What, an hour? You know, you don't, nobody lies by more than that. So let's say... <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Nobody lies by more than half. So let's say he made 15 mil. Well, I, I don't think Will Chamberlain was lying at all. Based on my small section of celebrity reality, he wasn't lying at all. Fifteen mil. Four four times. So the fact that I know that, that, that shot around the world, that that you got to understand the basis of this show and the basis of this talk is is largely yeah okay who 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 keep on who benefits what am I looking at why am I being told this and how did the how does this machinery somehow make a difference right like um, this whole more time than ever we're talking about things like social equity social inequity 
balance, and how to cut the pie. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he's got sponsors. That's maybe how he makes some money. How to cut the pie. Now, I talked to some guy once in the gym, and the guy was like, apparently he was Republican. I didn't know this. I said, ah, blah, blah. He goes, since when is it a crime to be rich? Uh, that would be rich. I don't know. This is a crime to be rich. Well, when the CEO, who, as far as I could tell, talks on the phone all day, plays a little golf, shoots a little shit. He went to Wharton. He went to Bolt. He worked at McKinsey. He's playing executive level chess every day. You know, uh, what do they call it? Strengths, weaknesses, uh, opportunities. He's SWAT analyzing everything. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities. Uh, what does the T stand for in a SWOT analysis? Threats. Why do I always forget the threats? And he's moving around his puzzle pieces because somebody has said, fundamentally, a guy like you is worth $15 million. I've never been close to being that guy. I'm the little piece on the board that gets moved around and who's tasked with loading the truck. I was thinking today, you know, uh, <laughs> you ever think about the cat? Who uh, at some what, what was I thinking about? I was ah, not some chain. Oh, I was thinking about Ace Hardware because I was there. I'm like, who owns? You know, there's some guy in Ace Hardware who will look at this store and say, you know what? Seems like people are buying a lot of flower pots here. Let's crank the price up on flower pots and see what see what happens. This guy is playing high stakes level poker, and and, and it redounds to. Me having to like buy fewer flower pots or flower pots to take home or a situation where I drop a flower pot as I'm moving it to the house and now I'm depressed for half the day because I wasted $12 on a flower pot I can't fucking use. In other words, the, the shoebox of our universe in which we think ha- it contains a multiplicity of stories, a multitude of options and decisions is servo-mechanistically determined. There are forces whose hands are outside the box, moving moving us around and being able to figure quite effectively what we're going to do before we know what we're going to do because we're looking at micro patterns and not macro patterns. Now, this week, or sorry, last week, um, I was in touch with some of uh, some hardcore racist, super hardcore racist. And I started to do an evaluation of my life and was like, how is it that I maintain an association, a semi-public association with hardcore racists? How do I do that? How does that happen? Why does it happen? That's the one of the book I wanted to show you. I'm not going to mention the person's name because it, until I get the book, and if I have time to get the book, I might have time to get the book because I want to show the book, and then you know, oh, bro, 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 I would like to say that that was true about the chainsaw, but I didn't have time to get to it. Um, that is what will happen tomorrow, because tomorrow I have a holiday, it's President's Day, and and the thing that I need to cut stabbed me in the head twice, so I'm putting it, I'm putting in, uh, I'm. But a wife, wife and I want to start growing our own fruit because we're, I got kind of the prepper, prepper reality on vegetables. So I didn't get a chance to do it. I got to cut the overhang. That's what I use a chainsaw for. I'm charging up the screw, the uh, the uh, 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 impact driver. I got a whole bunch of work to do tomorrow. So yeah, sorry. I, I wish that the chain. I'll take pictures for you and I'll post them on Instagram. If you're on Instagram, Mister Sleep Three, the number three. If you have no photos on your Instagram page or you try to quest me first before I can get in to see your thing, then I don't approve you because I think you're a spy. But I, I, I got sidetracked. So, so, um, um, so, uh, 
where where was I going with it? Oh, oh, okay. So these these are hardcore racists, and, and um, I'll tell you one of them. One of them was Tom Metzger. Tom Metzger is the is oh God, God sorry sorry. Tom Metzger is the uh, <laughs> life straw, right? It was, used to be the head of the White Aryan Resistance League, right? Uh, war. And he's alternatively lived near San Diego, San Jacinto, and then he was back in the Midwest, and he came back. And he's had his hands in various... Oh, take a drink. Um, really, I mean, really, girls. And I had to interview him about the piece that I was writing about James Madal. And then the other guy, I, I had to call on the phone. And I go, how is it, how is it that, 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 that these guys... I mean, I don't make any claims to be anything other than what I am. I never have. You know? What is that thing that uh, Himmler once said? He said, uh, we all have our favorite Jews. Maybe I am the, the, the favorite Negro. I, I don't like Negroes, but, I, but I, I like that Eugene fellow. I don't know what it is. But uh, I'm engaging in interviewing the, uh, these cats to talk back and forth. And, and to a certain degree, I'm not confused about the fact these guys have caused real harm. Right? Like real harm. Re actual real harm. Like people will read what they do, what, 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 they, what they're suggesting, and they will go out and commit real crimes that have a real impact on humans' lives. I know this for a fact. One of these cats I used to be friends with had to cut the friendship because he was out mugging old black ladies, right? Justification being they're on welfare anyway. You know who's an old black lady? My mother. I, you know, personalized it, can't hang. Cowards. Cowards. But to a certain degree, what... Anything that, that, that makes you mindful of life outside of the shoebox, I, I think it's more like an antenna, right? Now, their, their, antenna, their antenna has them thinking, ah, Jews are destroying Zog, Zionist-occupied government. No, they, they, a signal is coming in somehow, but they're not able to process it well or correctly. Because with all the talk of supremacy, most of us can agree that the supreme extension of human life doesn't begin and end in a trailer park where a lot of these cats live, right? But they're picking up on something. It could be this Rene Girard thing, the sacrificial crisis. It could be the mathematical formula that underlies every single one of these pogroms from 36 AD to now. The most recent one probably being the Rohingya. Yeah, hang at a distance is damn straight. Or like bad company saying, don't give your address out to bad company. <laughs> I haven't figured out, clearly, I haven't figured it out myself. But I know it's not democide, it's not genocide. You know, I can just barely see the hands connected to the strings outside the box, but I don't know. They have a FRB, what they call it, a frequency radio blast from every 16 days from out in the galaxy. It's not accidental. They're trying to figure out if it's a, what it says to decode it. But that's not natural, not randomly occurring. Seems to be generated by alternative intelligence somehow. I'm not making it up. You can read it. Every 16 days, there's a radio burst from out in the galaxy. We can see the fingers outside the, uh, through the cloud outside the, uh, the shoebox, but we don't know because we're mired in life in the shoebox. Oh, what kind of car are you going to buy? You know what? Hands outside the shoebox, no. The computer knows. You're not that tricky. Anybody could predict it that I would buy a Subaru. Value for the dollar. Anybody could also have predicted that after a year of buying the Subaru and 
figuring out that essentially the engine is is gutless, then I would think about trading it in for a car that's a little more gutless, even though I have a Chevy that pumps out 554 horsepower. Because consistent from the beginning of my life to every decision I've made now, I'm power mad, which is probably why the, the, the people who are picking up on their tennis who have this kind of retrograde understanding of, of race relations in America find themselves weirdly attracted to me. And also I approach them without judgment. I don't know. I can't explain it. The question is, when you meet somebody with $30 million, or I'm trying to think of the richest person I know who I can call on the phone. The richest person I know who I could call on the phone right now sold uh, $200 million worth of his company stocks in 2019. He worked at Google. For the life of me, I don't know what he does for this money. He's got like ex-wives and a couple of kids to pay for. Don't know. The guy who was the CEO of a company called Stanford Telecom, Jim Spilker, is a friend of mine for a period of time. As far as I, I could tell, all he really enjoyed doing in his off time was uh, hanging out in his condo in San Francisco, going to Hawaii, running and lifting weights. I never saw him have a passion for anything else. I wonder if he is still alive. I could easily check that. I guess I will. I don't know. I don't know. So it's interesting that we 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 have brought ourselves to a sport. Uh, you had to know there was going to be a segue. We brought ourselves to a sport where we really actually believe that it exists outside the shoebox, where where decisions are made free and clear of any kind of fingers on strings. Now, now I was shocked to discover from Steph that I did not pick for the home team at a Rio Rancho fight, and that I picked Corey Anderson. I swore to God that I picked Jan Blachowicz, man from Warsaw, Vashava. Swore to God that I picked him, but I had it. So talking about. What, 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 what's happening right now, as though these were freely made decisions, seems almost kind of foolish. But okay, once we realize they're not freely made decisions, and we do so in terms of the, the determined nature of these decisions, we start to look at, at, at patterns. Now, Corey Anderson got murked in the first round, right? Was the, I'm pretty sure it was the first round. He, he had that kind of the head dip to the left, overhand right. It was, I've never seen a knockout like that where the person has been so quickly removed from their consciousness. It was like, it was like cartoon fast. He was standing and then he was on the floor not moving. Cartoon fast. In fact, if they had shown it that fast in a movie, you would have gone, ah, fake. Ah, fake. So he goes down. And there's a lot of back chatter. And I, I, I want to say, it turns out I did pick Corey Anderson. I want to say, if I'm Corey Anderson, I immediately start to advance a narrative of like, it's one-on-one, -on -one, why not a trilogy? Well, we know why not a trilogy. We know why not a trilogy because the bald one doesn't like him. And the bald one doesn't like him because he's not shouldering his, he's shouldering his, He's shouldering his burden with complaint. And he's taking up a lot of airtime for a guy that can't justify the asses in the seats. Apparently, he is not popular. And I can understand why. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm, I'm getting, I'm pulling up something that uh, I think will help. So, uh, if I'm him, I advance. He's one. I'm one. One for one. But now people are not talking. And I have to. Jan, Jan's smack talk 
I, I you know, I, ha- I have to really enjoy. I get, I get, I get tired of somehow the crotch grabbing. You know, you suck, you fuck your mother, you a bitch, you fe- the feminizing. I just, I get tired of that. And he, he essentially it was like a great Poupon call out. Like, excuse me, sir, if you're not too busy in the time coming up, I would like to meet you here in the kitchen. Maybe we can work on a pot of do for the enjoyment of ourselves and others. And Johnny Boney Joni, of course, is super excited to look for anything that moves moves him past the narrative of bad judging, you not trying, you losing, or Dominic Reyes being wrong. So he stands up on his chair and he says, you know, who, or he tweets out, who's next? And everybody's excited. I'm not going to pick the home team. Over, over Johnny Bonjoni, but I would like you to start thinking about something. And we've all thought about it, but we haven't talked about what we're thinking about. And, and what, what we're thinking about that we haven't talked about is the Johnny, Johnny Bonjoni losing. He will eventually lose someday. I can't think of a single fighter who, is, who has an undefeated record in MMA that's not full of shit. There are plenty of cats I knew. I'm not going to mention any names who had the crazy record with very few losses. Then it turns out they were fighting their former students. Then it finds out that they were co-sponsoring the event. Then, then it finds out there was a whole lot of chicanery. So eventually everybody loses. And we're all expecting that we're going to be we're going to be there when Johnny Boney Johnny loses. That's one of the reasons we watch this fight. Whether we want him to lose or not is something else. But we want to be there that moment when I, I was on tour when Buster Douglas took out Mike Tyson. And when I read the news the next day, I didn't believe it. I called bullshit. I had to see the fight with my own eyes. And I, I, I missed being part of that social social media kind of connection to, to what I thought was a pretty massive sports moment. Yeah, well, Hickson, he, he, you know, he didn't, he didn't, um, he didn't, he didn't really fight. So, we all know Johnny Boney Johnny is going to lose. What I'm, what I'm tabling right now is this idea, how do you think he's going to lose? And before you start answering, I'm going to answer. I don't see anybody who's going to choke him out. I don't see anybody out wrestling him. I think he's going to get knocked out. I think he's going to get knocked out. He's got a hell of a chin, but like John Nash said earlier today on uh, on Care Don't Care, he goes, um, there are other people who have range. People say the knock against Johnny Bonajoni is, oh, he's got he's got range, he's got range. Well, Stefan Struve has range, and it didn't help him against Mark Hunt. It's how Johnny Bonajoni uses his range that makes him. It's not that he's just. Sorry, I'm choking to death. It's not that he's. That he has a great chin, that he has a good chin. It's that he puts himself in a position where he's not getting hit as hard as clearly somebody like Stefan Struve did, who had his face cracked in half by Mark Hunt. Right? So, I believe, though, he will get. He will get knocked out when he, yeah, <laughs> he, no, he will get knocked out, which will be convenient for him because if he gets knocked out, there's always a secondary story to the knockout and that he will wrestle the fuck out of the guy the next time around and not even deal with what happens in the hand game. You know, a Randy Couture against James Tony, low ankle pick, crawl up the body, Raining elbows, guys done. So that Corey has an advantage. He's released a statement that I'll read part of later, uh, but that he hasn't. Uh, it's uh, it is very interesting to me because that's what I would push. And I think it's also very interesting that Jan Blachowicz is uh, is talking about being the next one up. All right. Okay, 
I also know that Rumble, Anthony Rumble Johnson, is out there losing weight. I think it's inevitable that he returns. Who will he return against? Does he return against a Dominic Reyes? Does Johnny Boney Joni make a Dominic Reyes wait a little bit? Don't know. Hands are moving outside our shoebox, and I don't know which where they want us to look, but right now it's away from Reyes. Corey Anderson, you're only as good as the numbers you can command. Corey Anderson is going to discover that the hard way, and now instead of facing facing the back of the champ like he is, like Dominic Reyes is, his back is to the champ, and he's facing the line. He's a, a executive gatekeeper status, maybe. Because you can't have that guy sticking up the joint by beating up your prospects. Don't know. I don't know if you see a rumble. Re- yeah, a rumble. I mean, you got to get what Johnny Bunny Jones' position is. You guys can fight the scraps. If all of us are trying to, if all of you are trying to make it to the table to sign a deal with me, I'm going to say let the best man make it to the table because right now I'm the best. Yeah, the question. Yeah, I don't know. undefeated as a heavyweight champ. That would be that would be interesting. I mean, Johnny Boy Jr. has come dangerously close to being knocked out before. He reminds me of uh, 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 Jacare, who I thought routinely kept his hands too low, and I could see him maybe thinking, you know, if I get knocked down, the guy jumps on me, then. I won't get knocked enough out of consciousness so I can't outgrapple the crap out of him on the ground. You gotta keep your hands up. Basic. Basic. So all right, so here we go. So I'm not gonna talk. I only cared about three or four of these fights. So we're not talking about all of them. No way. Sorry. I don't owe oopsie anything. Um so let me let me just briefly go through the rest. Cause I I had the I was number one tied with John Nash, or rather. John Nash was tied with me two weeks in a row for the fight picks, first place. Um, so let's talk about Diego Sanchez uh, defeating uh, Pereira by, by a DQ. Um, the only reason that you should be – people should be picking up if – you, if you are having trace elements of steroids picked up in your system, you're a fucking idiot. You are an idiot. Nobody told you to use oil-based stuff that stays in your system for months. You couldn't use water-based stuff, huh? I guess that wasn't good enough for you. Oil-based stuff that just hangs around, the metabolites hang around and hang around and hang around. And now they're catching people for SARMs. You shouldn't be taking SARMs anyway. I hate to say it, but like it or not, they've been using steroids since the 40s. They got the kinks worked out. SARMs, what is it, Selective Androgenic Receptor Modular, I don't know if we even know what it stands for. That's only bet. I, I bought some. You look at it, it says, not fit for human consumption. Well, you don't have to tell me that twice. It's a non-steroid item. It's a performance enhancing. And, bro, it says on the bottom. Oh, yeah, you can. Oh, if you take, you know, Allegro, one of those things, you know, it says, it's, you know, no, 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 not gonna do it. Stick with something that works. But uh, Diego Sanchez, weren't you? Did that make you sad? It should have made you sad. You know, there are cats that my spies are whispering to me that the oopsie has got on the the pencil and the tin cup payroll. Cats who can't function normally were being put on a stipend so that it doesn't spill over into the public into the public arena. Bad fight. Bad fight. Doesn't make you feel good. Okay, Montana de la Rosa, Mara Romero Borello, didn't care. And I, I trust you guys. We don't have to repeat what happened on Care Don't Care, but I trust that those of you who were connected on, on Twitter that uh, that you let me know if there are fights I should watch. Nobody said anything. If I'm saying I don't care after don't care, if the Care Don't Care preview, it means that none of you contacted me on Twitter and said, Oh, you, oh, you got to watch this one. I got an ESPN Plus. I can pick and choose what I'm going to watch. Brock Weaver or Rodrigo Vargas, they didn't watch it. Ray Borg, uh, uh, 
against Ray Borg came in overweight. He said, if I'm overweight again, I'll quit. We're waiting. I'm not going to talk about, I didn't care about your fight going in because you're a gift and you gifted it up the whole joint again by showing up that much overweight. And I haven't figured it out. The other dude didn't eat his, his he did the Eugene S. Robinson the dietary trick. Nothing, nothing but breath mints for a week. He, the longest fast I've done has been four days with nothing but water. This guy went five days plus training, no food, nothing past his lips. Yeah, Justin Willis just got a gig on PFL, Professional Fighters League. Um, but Justin and I have gotten into some problems with each other lately. Um, because, uh, because, uh, he's like super anti-gay. And I said, Hey man, this is like your 18th post in a row about, uh, you know, about gay people. What do you, what do you, you seem to be obsessed. He goes, you're too good for that. UG. What do you, what do you, no, no, no. I'm just, this is observ observational. Observational. My oldest daughter has a girlfriend. You want to tell me that they're going to hell? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Well, you don't need to politicize. I'm just saying they got to get right with God. And this has nothing to do the devil. Oh, bro. And I want I wanted to friend the deleter. I just can't. And I can't. But, I, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right, exactly. But he's at PFL now, just to, just to, just to, just to. But uh, so Borg comes in overweight. So I asked John Nash, when somebody's overweight, they give a percentage of their purse to the other fighter. But what would be more instructive is, you know, uh, uh, dude, Rogério uh, uh, didn't eat for five or six days. Nothing passed his lips for five or six days. He, and he got the crap beaten out of him. So he gets 30% more. I guess that's his deal. He goes, I'll take the L for 30% more. Yeah, but do you take the 30% over the L? Because now he's got the L. I guess I'd be satisfied if I could also be, <laughs> if I could also be prominent. <laughs> <laughs> There's no gaiters going on here, man. I, I guess that, you know, if I could be assured that Ray Borg would never fight in that weight division again, I would take the L in the 30 and the 30%. But I, I'm, I'm done with Ray Borg. Sorry. But not I picked against Yancey Medeiros because Medeiros is a gicta. Sorry. Got that right. But not, it was a boring friggin' fight. But Venata was like, I got to get back on the leaderboard, and I'm glad to see what he did. Y'all told me to watch Daniel Rodriguez versus Tim Means. I did it was a nice. It was nice. And Tim Means, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, yeah, yeah, it really is, man. It's I don't know. Maybe that's why he stopped training with us. You know, jujitsu is pretty much two hours of being in the in the in the in the embrace of another man. So he said, "You're gonna." He was in "Don't Care" before. I only cared because of means, because I love the backstory, which is kind of crazy if you look at it. Uh, ostensibly, he went to jail for beating up somebody in his own house. John Nash put a finer point on it. And said uh, he probably beat somebody later who had broken into his house. It's a very different deal. Again, don't give your address out to bad company. But Daniel Rodriguez is now a care. And that, oh, take a drink. And that's what the Care Don't Care preview is about. Two drinks this show. I think it was six last show. You shouldn't be drunk. You should be hanging in there. Dodson is a gicta. So I didn't care about his fight over super talented uh, Nathaniel Wood. Uh, he did round three. TK Odom. Nice flip in the air. Sorry, bro. I've been pulling for you for so You got to understand, being a, declaring somebody as a gicta is like, is like the worst spurned lover thing. It means I wanted you. I wanted you to believe. I want to believe in you for so long, and I did again and again and again and again and again. And each time you disappointed me. So I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't keep investing emotionally in you, man. I just can't. I got. I got to cut and run. 
Uh, and that was that it was one and one. I counted one round for, for Nathaniel Wood and the one round for Dodson. Dodson pulled it out. I'm glad for him, but I'm not going to go back in there. I picked Jim Miller. Jim Miller lost to Scott Holtzman. Holtzman, Stephon Woodsman. Uh, apparently, a guy named Holtzman once told me. I don't think he's right. I think his German was fouled. Um, nothing. Nothing is holding it up because I don't want to put it in the wall because I don't want to make holes in the wall. However, now the wall has black scratches in it from the poster where it slides down. Uh, who else did I not care about? Devin Clark, Dequan Donson, Townsend. Uh, I think that's it. That was my picks and my cares for the show. So we didn't have to talk about the show at all in the last five minutes. Um, as drugs go, this UFC Rio Rancho, eh, I didn't expect much, and it didn't deliver much. And I want to read a little bit of uh, Corey Anderson's statement. Um, I, I would, I'm imagining that Corey Anderson's statement is very differently. It is very different than the kind of statement that I would leave at, at, after getting after getting murked like that. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to pull it up. It's preventing me from seeing it. So I don't have the book, which I didn't have time to show you. Um, I'll do it next week anyway. Yeah, I, Woodman is, Miller is still at it, and and I wonder if he should be. Uh, it's not let it's not letting me do this thing. Uh, maybe this is very slow. And I, I I I think there was a fundamental difference between what we saw Jim Miller do and what we saw Diego Sanchez do. And I'm just talking about. What what I'm what I'm feeling inside post post fight post facto. What the hell? How is it I have one signal here? Yeah, and everybody everybody's got into Wednesday. The talk is crazy as you want, and the the da 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 Okay, let let's try this again. Let's try this again. Uh, sure dog. Yeah, sure, dog. I, I, Jeff Sherwood was a was a known associate of mine for a period of time. I really like that guy. Okay, here we go. Corey Anderson. He says, uh, uh, but victory." But Anderson, he's taking the loss in stride. However, he released a statement on social media. A great coach once told me, "This is a quote: You have five minutes to sulk, and then it's on to the next one." We live and we and we learn, Anderson wrote. Back to the drawing board. I appreciate each and every fan and hater. A loss has never stopped me. And it ain't stopping me now. See y'all at the top. Okay. He has a 10-5 record with wins over the likes of Johnny Walker, uh, Alir Latifi, Lover Teixeira, and Blahovitz. Oh, that's a good that's a good murderer's role right there. That's a good murderer's role. The guy that should get future consideration, but uh, uh, but uh, he uh, he uh, I don't think he will. You can't like I used to say to my kids when they were fighting, stay on top of your feet. He wasn't on top of his feet. He was leaning over his feet. I don't get this. I don't get that. I don't bet that. They don't give me the love. And now you got murked and you got to crawl that, claw that stuff back. You should have kept it anodyne. Well, you know, I'm just glad to be here. I'll fight wherever they bet, where they put me, and then I'll be glad to, you know, because now, you know, now you sound like it, like an anus. Um, and um, I, I said I was going to touch on it a bit. Oh, hold on. Um, I'll put touch on it a bit. I'm looking up something right now that'll <clears throat> be useful. <clears throat> I'm choking. Hold on. Why am I being shown ads for accident attorneys? That's. Uh, uh, So, uh, yeah, stay out of your doses, out of your punches. You know, don't get ahead of yourself, in other words. Just keep some sort of balance. He didn't do that. And it's often too late to do it afterward to make people feel better about you being there. Sorry. Somebody suggested he was on a spectrum. But the McNuggets thing, 
of calling out Diego Sanchez. What was that about, Mr. Robinson? What are you going to so I, I have no idea. I have no idea, except what is that thing from It's a Wonderful Life where the clarity the angel says, every time you hear a bell, it means the angel has gotten their wings in heaven. I said, every time you hear the little squeaks out from, from Dublin, from McRapist camp, means that like he's like upset that nobody's talking about him. It's just the minutes gone by and nobody's talked about me for a minute. What well, what's that about? He's got to pipe up. I can't think of what that would do. I mean, outside of it being a decent retirement plan for Diego Sanchez, I, I guess he thinks it would be. You know what? If you're a serious person named McRapist, McNuggets, sorry, McGregor, if you're a serious person like that, you know what you do? You pick a fight against a grappler. I actually watched that fight with him and Khabib again, and that wasn't such a bad fight. He's clearly inadequate on the ground. You want to face some demons? You you harrow hell. You do the deepest, darkest, most dangerous thing ever. And uh, 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 and and I don't know that's going to sway me and make me feel better, but it means that you're a serious person. Let me tell you, uh, and I'll, I'll end with this outre sex story. I used to date this woman for a long time who was like a compulsive liar. And I said, look, I want to put you in a situation where you realize that there's no benefit to lying about me. Nothing you say one way or the other is going to fundamentally change how I feel about you. That's how confirmed I am in the belief of what I know. But, you know, but she had to go through this period where she was lying to me. She lied. And one day she revealed that she had lied to me. She felt terrible about it. And she goes, I want you to hit me. But I'm not going to do that. He goes, no, no, I want you, I want you to hit me. And I go, I'm not. No, well, you want me to hit you? Because I, I don't know. That belt over there. You can't domicile with me on my own show. I know you've heard the story before. I go, where? She goes, on my back. Okay. So she takes her clothes off. Yeah, I know it sounds weird, but she didn't have that many clothes on to begin with. And uh, she gets on her hands and knees. And I don't want to do it. Like, I'm upset because of the lie, right? And now I'm upset, I shut down. I don't, I don't get angry. I'm not one of those table flipping, uh, not, not me. I shut down. Yes, because I was raised, raised yeah, like, you know, four sisters, four daughters. Soon that would be four daughters. You know, I, my, my fundamental language is, is woman, right? So I just, I'm inside, shut down. But I grab this belt. She puts a belt in my hand. She jumps on the floor on her hands and knees. And so I just kind of half-heartedly, uh, I just half-heartedly hit her with the belt. But so half-hearted that I thought if you were serious about wanting me to hit you, what you say at that point is, I'm not fucking around. I told you to hit me. Don't be a fucking pussy to hit me. And she didn't. After the first half-hearted one, she was like, oh, oh, okay. He's going to go that way. So this is just kind of cleverly symbolic, and we're going to do bedroom theater. And that made me angry. So for the first time, I had an emotional response with other than sadness. And so the second one, the second one, I brought it down. It was like the hammer of God. You know, and she flattened out, couldn't breathe for a few minutes on the bed, and that was the real thing. If McRapist, McNuggets, McGregor is serious about contrition, if he is serious about contrition, you know what he does? He takes every grappler he can face, knowing that two or three losses in a row could completely tarnish a legacy. But as far as I'm concerned, raping anuses in a row has also has also tarnish that, that legacy. So you might as well do a daring danger, like, like Dave Chappelle once said about Kobe Bryant. He said he was playing basketball after that, like his like he, his life depended on it after the, the rape trial. 
Yeah, bro. Harrow hell. That comes from when, when Jesus Christ was crucified, supposedly, and made made a passage through hell and came out the other side. The gates on the other, the gates in into hell are rent asunder, apparently because of, of Christ's entry and I guess the exit. Not not too many people use that exit apparently. If he had gone to jail and come out, you know, there's a statute of limitations. But you see what happens when these cats don't face the music, then they end up like Roman Polanski. Well, as far as I can tell, based on what's happening with the awards, the Caesar Awards over in Europe, he just continued a raping and a raping and a raping and a raping. He's either being exposed as somebody who can be extorted for rape or he's actually raping. It doesn't make a difference to me. If you had faced the music the first time, you could be accused of having build your debt to society a la Michael Vick. I was going to submit this show for the Webbies. Ow! Third drink. Um, I was going to list myself as the best host for the Webbies, the Web Awards. And I filled out all the information and then at the end, an entry fee was $340. They sent me a special letter and they said, you know, you got to we know you got to get in there. Yeah, I don't I don't know uh, how the rapists don't get dealt with for real. Uh, because I think it's a whole network of people. I let you know that this is a losing battle, that they don't weigh more than the Kinahan crime family. So I get to the end. Cue the clown music is three hundred and ninety dollars or three hundred and forty dollars to enter this entry fee for the Wibbies. Me as the best sports host commentator, whatever. And so then I got, you know, I can't spend the, justify spend the money on that. I'm going to ask you guys to send me money for that so I can get some award that says what? That best podcast ever? The fact that you listen is enough for me. So that is the end. This is show one oh one oh one oh one oh one oh the mob from New York City, New York Hardcore, original 1981. Ruffy, still on my Facebook friends list. Good band. They had to used to have a song. We go to one 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 one. We go to one 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 one. So thanks for listening. Uh, Monday, June is per- apparently terribly sick. So those of you who like little video bumpers that she puts together, uh, she is at home sleeping it off. She's going to do it tomorrow, uh, and she'll be late with Care Don't Care, which will be Monday afternoon. Tuesday at eight o'clock, there'll be uh, if the shoes fit. I'm hoping a couple of shows ago you got uh, you got uh, Alexi's uh, explanation for why he put if I did it on ice. I think Wednesday is now True Stories Day at Ozzy. I think I have a piece going in this week. You saw my piece last week if you followed me on Twitter on uh, uh, the ceaseless seas- the seas- racism of youth or something to that effect. There's a there's a fight next next weekend Saturday, but I think I had two cares on that card. Angela Hill is fighting and Paul Felder, and I can easily watch those on ESPN Plus. So I'm not even telling you to watch that. Otherwise, we'll see you next Sunday. Hey, eh? until then, try your damnedest to stay alive and look what you made me do. Ah!